What's up, everybody? We are back here on a Sunday with another episode of the Apogee Podcast. My name is David Carter. And I'm Justin Bell. And we've taken maybe like a two or three week hiatus. It's been a month. Yeah, it's been a month. <laughs> um, what you been doing this past month, Justin? Besides getting jacked. Getting thick. T-H-I-C-C. <laughs> Super thick. He's getting beefy. Getting yeah. very beefy. Sending me naked pictures lately. Thoroughly semi, enjoyed semi. it. Semi. You know, just, just some uh, abdominal pictures. It's um, Compare and contrast. It's, it's decent exposure. <laughs> decent so oh, no i've um man. i've been uh so i've been working from home so my company uh put out a a work from home program for for myself and, and my employees so i've been working from home for gosh six six weeks now i think so it's been uh it's been interesting but no so crossfit greer which is where we're at today recording again pretty sweet spot um they actually loaned out equipment to our members which was pretty cool didn't charge anything um so i was able to kind of get the hook up and was able to get my pump on every day at home so um awesome like 30 days with no cardio it was crazy it's amazing <laughs> perfect time to get beefy or get you know beefy the wrong way with yeah. improper nutrition yeah t-h-i-c-k which is not much, what we're going many, for uh, snacks and uh <laughs> netflix by the way netflix have you guys watched that outer bank show kayla's watched two episodes i have come to the conclusion to that it is the east coast 2020 version of the oc basically there's the the poor kids the rich kids they get in fights the rich kid has the girlfriend the poor kid gets the girlfriend the rich family adopts the poor kid. That's as far as I'm, as I am so far. About seven episodes in, but it's kind of a kind of a good show. I kind of like it. But anyways, maybe not uh, snacking appropriately for the last six weeks, and that kind of leads us into our episode today. Um, we are here with Kara Petrozelli. If you are like Justin and I, your daily Petruzzi. life revolves around when your next meal will be, and for some reason. Making the correct food choices can be a real challenge. Today's guest is Kara Petrozelli, registered dietitian and CrossFit athlete. She has a real passion for food and fitness and has been able to combine her two passions into a rewarding career. Dang. I think you <laughs> nailed that, bro. That was that was a pretty How slick was that intro, for an intro? So. Did you like that, Kara? That was good. You right? thought you that Kara it. wrote that, <laughs> but yeah, she like, did not. I almost, yeah, it's almost like I didn't write that down, right? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I wasn't reading from a script whatsoever. So what's up, Kara? <laughs> hey guys. So we're super excited to have you. So I've been, I mean, so Kara, we've been friends now for a gosh darn while, right? Well, I've it's moved been, here in 2018. Yeah, so, so we've been friends for for a long time, like nine months to a year. <laughs> no, but it's cool. We, we've gotten to know each other. You compete uh, at a pretty high level, and it just so happens that my lovely wife competes at a pretty high level too, so... Y'all have developed a friendship and then developed a friendship with Matt. And mm -hmm. obviously we train at the same gym. So, uh, but when we started this podcast, one of the first people I thought about was Kara because nutrition is a huge passion of mine. It's something I'm um, fiercely, fiercely uh, opinionated about. So I'm excited to, to get some of your thoughts and viewpoints on it. We might get a little, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? We might hurt some feelings today, and I'm excited Absolutely. for well, that. Absolutely. I, I think that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. I mean, I think nutrition's a hot topic right now, especially 
in the training world mm -hmm. and uh, there's so many different ideas or what people think is you know good nutrition and maybe we can break some of those uh, ideas down a little bit today but first of all before we get into the actual nutrition part we want to know a little bit more about Kara. Uh, so where did you grow up? What was your life like growing up? So I'm originally from Chicago, in case you couldn't tell by the way that I talk. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Chicago itself, like downtown Chicago, um, which was really fantastic. So, I mean, I didn't really have a backyard to play in, but I was able to walk to Michigan Avenue. And for anybody that doesn't know, that's like the big sort of like shopping mecca of Chicago it's downtown it's where everybody goes so I was able to walk there and um, I spent you know a lot of time just exploring the city in mm -hmm. Chicago so that was really fantastic it's a different childhood than most people have but it was I mean it taught me a lot and it helped me be fiercely independent I guess to fault but I mean, you it don't was, say <laughs> it was. that doesn't describe you per perfectly <laughs> that was pretty spot on well good uh fiercely did you grow did you play any sports when you were growing up uh well I say yes but some people may disagree I grew up riding horses competitively see I find that very interesting she just got done saying that she lived in downtown Chicago minutes from Michigan Avenue Mm -hmm. And then she says she rides horses, so mm -hmm. explain that. How did that happen? It ain't Western Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so we lived um, about 45 minutes without traffic from a barn. So Illinois and Chicago, and the Chicagoland area set up and such where there's this huge city, and then if you go 30 minutes outside the city, you have land where you can have horses. And so um, my mom rode horses when I was younger, and she would take me to the barn with her, and we would spend hours there on Sunday and I got into it and I showed competitively for, God, I want to say like 20 years. And at one point I was nationally ranked with, um, one of my favorite guys. So wow, yeah, it was awesome. good. We made a really good team. These boots are made for riding. They sure are. <laughs> so as you know, you kind of progressed through your childhood and, uh, how did, how did that kind of lead you towards your interest in nutrition and food? Like, when you entered into college, mm -hmm. how did you decide on becoming a registered dietitian? So my path to being a dietitian um, was not linear by any stretch of the <clears throat> imagination. And I guess, you know, thinking about it today as I was looking through some of these questions, I was thinking about sort of like, well, how did I get here? And I really think that at some level I was always destined to do something with food just because I've always had kind of a funky relationship with food. So I declared myself a vegetarian when I was like eight or 10 years old. <laughs> and part of it is because, did you guys watch The Simpsons? Wow. Of course. I, here's <laughs> I why. So did you, did you watch The Simpsons? I did, yeah. So there is an episode where Lisa goes to a farm and she like makes friends with these lambs and at, like her family serves lamb chops for dinner and she like pictures this baby <laughs> lamb and, like, this lamb chop falling on her plate i remember that episode. yes and so that like it really like struck a nerve with me and i was like oh my god right so i grew like i yeah. rode these horses and like i know that like meat is muscle <laughs> and i made all of these like relationships to where food came from and i was like that's it like i can't i can't do it um so i declared myself a vegetarian really young and I didn't eat any meat for a really long time and I was a, became a vegan in college just because I wanted to see what it was like and 
So I did that and I ended up, you know, having a not so healthy relationship with food at some point, right? I essentially had an eating disorder and, you know, lost weight in a really unhealthy way. And um, it was not even my original major mm-hmm. in school. I went to school to do early childhood education. Um, oh, you'd be so good at that too. Well, yes and no. So um, that's what, so I was doing that and it was in a lot of my, um, observations that I had to do that I just saw this huge disparity in food. So being in like an upper class daycare center and then a lower income um, Head Start program, just the differences in food choices and seeing how that impacted the kids. I was like, well, why is this right? Why is there more obesity in a lower income school than in a higher income school? So that really got me interested in that. So I actually have my undergraduate degree in sociology um, okay. And then I went back to school to that do was, nutrition. That was my favorite class in college. Sociology. Sociology. You want to know why? Why? Because it's like the degree of common sense. Yeah. It's crazy. I, like, I, why, I like, disagree. Like, I think physics is the degree of common sense. You're out of your common sense. I feel like so many people what? go into physics. I, I had to take oh a couple upper cla- upper level physics classes in school. And... I feel like everybody goes into physics class being like, this is going to be the worst class ever. Mind you, he's a doctor. This is going to be, this is going to tear my world apart. And I feel like the moment you get into that class and you realize this is all common sense, nature things that you you use every single day. Like if I hit this nail, what is the force that's going to drive it into that, into that wall, right? Okay, so the Th- theory behind it is physics so, is... It's so everyday stuff. If you no. just think of it that way, you're going to get an A, I promise. College kids, if you think of it that way, you're going to get a, an A. That's crazy. I mean, dude, <laughs> physics is about as common sense as freaking aeronautics. Get out of here. You that's just are, crazy. No, I'm serious. All right, let me, let me get <laughs> us back on yes, track. Where, where He's crazy. <laughs> so... You know, I sociology though. But sociology is interesting because it looks at everything from you know a systemic approach, right? It looks it's at true. everything on a bigger picture. So. For sure. No, and I, I, I do. I, I enjoyed the class. It was an elective for me because I was a marketing major, believe it or not, and uh, I enjoyed it. My professor was actually German, and it was just fa- it was fascinating. And she was funny because she would actually. I'm, I'm also a history buff, so she would take and she would use examples of. Like in the 40s and 50s, how the Great Depression, you know, stemmed different movements. Mm-hmm. That and it was it really is neat, but it definitely to me felt like common sense. It's like why people interact the way they do, and I looked, it's good stuff. It's just stuff we don't think about. I looked a lot at the sociology of health and wellness. So it was why are certain populations more susceptible to disease. And a lot of that looks at stress and nutrition and accessibility to food and mm-hmm. where areas where they live. So that for me really just accelerated my interest in food. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I don't necessarily use my sociology degree every day, but a lot of the things that I learned in it are applicable to yeah, nutrition. Absolutely. It teaches you how to think outside the box too, mm-hmm. like big picture. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So you're a registered dietitian, yes. right? So mm-hmm. um, some people may not know the difference between, like, so you're a registered dietitian mm-hmm. and I am, um, I guess, a, a pseudo nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. I, I do some nutritional coaching. Mm-hmm. 
What's the difference? So the difference is, although I don't have my undergraduate degree in nutrition, I did go to school for it. So I did what's called a post-baccalaureate program through uh, the, a university in Chicago called Dominican University. So I was able to do a post-baccalaureate program because I already had my undergraduate degree. So I didn't have to do sort of like the English and whatever like nonsense BS classes it takes to get an undergraduate degree. I was able to just to do the nutrition classes, which consisted of um, anatomy and what's called MNT which is medical nutrition therapy. I had a biochem class. I had... Love biochem. Yes, I love biochem. <laughs> that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one of my favorite classes Common was... essentially <laughs> ...was looking at sort of nutrition on a cellular level. So I took all of those classes. I had to do a 1,200-hour internship, and then I had to sit for a national uh, registration exam. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I have to get licensed in the state that I work in. So and she has to give them her second-born child. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. in a lot of ways, what I have to do in order to become a registered dietitian is similar to what nurses have to do, right? They have to take their, their courses. They have to do hands-on work. They have to take an exam. Um, and the difference between that and what a lot of the nutrition coaches have to do is it's an online course. It's, you know, X number of hours that they have to complete. There's no national registration exam. And I think that from the, a knowledge standpoint, right, a lot of the information is similar. But what I gain in my degree and my registration is I know how to handle stuff from a medical approach, right? I can work in a hospital. I can help people with um, certain disease states, hypertension, type 2 diabetes, kidney disease. So the work that I do now is specifically in pediatrics, but I work with a lot of chronic kidney disease, um, kidney stones, hypertension, obesity, and all of that from a nutrition approach and how to approach those um, with food and really tackle those disease states with food. Um, but I can also use that science and that medical information for doing a lot of other things like lifestyle stuff and sports and use the, all of that. So outside of tanning beds, what's running through my colleague's mind right now is, <laughs> did you say the bachelorette? You, ha you lost him at the bachelorette. <laughs> Y'all, she said the baccalaureate, and that is, she's the only person that I know that would actually use the term baccalaureate. <laughs> so, <laughs> so proper. She has a bachelor's degree yeah. yes. in registered dietetics. Yeah, not yeah, the bachelorette, okay? She might be a fan of that show, though. Who knows? I do, I love Shout the Shout out, by the way. <laughs> we have burgers and bachelor every Tuesday Oh, golly. All right. Oh, man. Before we hit up the whole the sports nutrition and the CrossFit, going off of, you know, your background mm -hmm. in RD, registered dietetics, and you said about the pediatrics, you do work in a pediatric facility right now. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what you do there and the childhood obesity pandemic that's mm -hmm. kind of hitting our, our, our country and how we as parents can better provide quality food for our children and install healthy habits? Yeah, of course. Um, so what I do right now is my days are kind of split all over the place. Um, I work with Prisma in an outpatient setting, meaning I don't see kids while they're in the hospital. I see kids when they're not in the hospital and their doctors or pediatricians ask them to come talk with me about food. Um, and I see a couple of different specific diseases. Like I mentioned, um, hypertension, which is high blood pressure, um, chronic kidney disease, kidney stones, but I also see kids with elevated cholesterol or um, high fat in their blood. I see a lot of kids with pediatric obesity. So that's um, the kind of 
families that I currently work with, and I do a lot of nutrition education about lifestyle changes. And so specifically with the lifestyle changes, it's better food choices, more activity, less screen time. And especially right now with everything going on, um, increased screen time is a huge thing and increased sedentary activity. And so the best thing that I can encourage and the thing that I encourage all families to do is one for the adults to get involved. It doesn't matter how old your kid is. It's really hard for parents to say, do this, but not actually do it themselves. And our kids are really smart and they're going to say, well, mom and dad aren't doing it. Why do I have to do it? Yeah. They'll lead by example. Exactly. And then the other thing is to have healthy options available at home, right? A lot of families bring their kids in and they're like, well, tell Johnny or tell Susie to do this. I'm like, well, Johnny and Susie are eight years old, right? They're going to make eight-year-old choices. And what choices do they have at home, right? Any kid, I don't care how old they are and who tells them to make a better choice. If they have a choice between a carrot and Pop-Tarts, they're going to choose Pop-Tarts every time. Justin. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, sh- shots fired, shots fired, but by the way, season, I haven't had a Pop-Tart in four weeks, okay, I'm in a cutting phase, that's uh, that's Justin's favorite post-workout snack, and, it, 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 and you know what, it's science, it works, but so the thing is, is we need to have those healthy choices available at home for kids, and give them the options, and have parents and brothers and sisters at home all eating those things, right? We can't single one kid out and say, mm-hmm. you're the only person at home that has to eat this celery. You have to eat kale. Right, exactly. Everybody has to do it. And the last thing that, you know, some people don't think about, or it's like that missing link is what are parents or what are grandparents or aunts or uncles doing when our kids are with them? If we have certain rules and expectations and boundaries at our home and our extended family aren't participating in that that kind of and I understand grandparents are like they want to spoil kids I get it but there has to be you know we're really trying to work on these healthy changes we would really appreciate your support and absolutely my family's the same way right Mm -hmm. my grandmother right I mentioned I was a vegan and vegetarian she's always been like Kara what are you eating right like my my grandmother is that person she shows her love through food is this on the Petrozelli side my no the graph side <laughs> the graph side my mom's side <laughs> make you a I'll make that up <laughs> right so she's always been the woman that's like you know we'll have 14 different things for you to eat because your food choices are different and you know she shows her love through food sure and so i know that you know a lot of families do that but having that support from extended family if you're trying to make healthy changes as you know a family unit can really go a long way do you feel like parents are pretty receptive to this you know no, no. so no. they're taking your kid they're taking their kids to you but they're not they're not willing to make the changes. Yeah, that but you I mean, suggest. dude, how many people can actually take the cold hard truth today? That's true. It's hard. Right? It's hard, and I don't want anybody to feel like they're doing a bad job sure. as a parent. And sometimes I feel like that's the message that people take away, where it's you know you failed as a parent, you're giving them the wrong food choices, or you're doing a bad job. That's not the case, right? Obviously, there's you're coming to me to learn something. I'm trying to help families learn something and put that into practice. Right. And I mean may be difficult to hear yeah but i really hope I, that people can learn something so what do you we're about to get controversial <laughs> Gosh, <I can't> wait. <laughs> so why do you think places like burger king and mcdonald's and um why do you think they stay open why do you think they're allowed to stay open if we, if we know all that we know 
why do why are they allowed to stay open? Maybe because the same reason why cheese was marketed as healthy and money makes the, the 90s. world go round, right? I mean, they generate a lot of money. They have I mean, the answer comes down to a dollar, and they do so well because of how they treat their food, right? Mm-hmm. The same reason that things like Doritos and Dr Pepper um, are so successful is the scientific way that they manipulate their food. So the tongue and the taste receptors um, can get bored, right? So if you have chicken that's grilled or marinated in a certain way, there's only so many different flavor profiles and your tongue can easily identify those and you can kind of get bored eating it. Um, But companies have paid lots of money to scientists to manipulate food flavor so that you have a really hard time identifying it so your tongue never gets bored. So companies like Doritos and like Dr. Pepper, right? Dr. Pepper will brag about having 32 different flavors in their drink. Well, you don't get bored of drinking that because your tongue can't identify those things. So you keep going back for more. And Bro, that Dr. Can... Pepper is good. I haven't had it in a long <laughs> I time, I but Zevia's Dr. Pepper flavor is the jam. I'll tell you this. I've never thought of it that way ever before. And so you keep going back for more because you can't figure out those flavors. And on top of that, the things with a lot of sugar, with that lack fiber, that lack healthy fats, those things make you feel hungrier quicker. Instant the, gratification and right. immediate hunger. Right. So there's there's this huge you know circle of things going on. So not only do you not know what you're eating and you're intrigued, you don't feel full from it. And you get those um, reward mm-hmm. receptors yep. in your brain. So it's this vicious cycle that keeps you going back. So taste profiles and texture profiles with chips. The crunch is satisfying. That's why mm-hmm. you find yourself sitting down eating an entire bag. And that goes into like what's called mindless eating, right? So if you find mm-hmm. that you are always watching TV when you're eating, mm-hmm. um, you there's a couple of things happening one it takes about 10 minutes for your stomach and your brain to communicate and your stomach to tell your brain that you're full Mm -hmm. so if you one are eating so quickly that you're are overpacking your stomach and it that message is delayed you miss that reception and the other thing is if you're distracted your brain cannot pick up on those signals so you can totally miss that signal completely The other thing that's happening is your brain is really good about making connections. And if you are always eating with a TV, your brain starts to take that TV as a cue that you're hungry and not getting the cue that you're hungry from your stomach. So if you sit down and turn the TV on, your brain's like, hunger cue, go grab a bag of chips, bring it down, sit down with you. Then you eat the whole bag because you never get that message that you're full. Mm -hmm. So you're a fan of conscious eating. So like there's a lot of studies going on around about – when you're eating, actually thinking about what you're eating, thinking about who made it, and the the impacts that it has on you, um, on your digestive system. So, like even watching TV, like you're watching an action flick, and your heart rate's up, and you're eating dinner, and the extra um, stress hormone that's created. So, like, I mean, are you into that kind of stuff? Because, like, I can veg on that stuff all day. Like those ideas. Oh, well, so we really try to not have the TV on a lot at home. So when we come home or we'll usually meet at the gym, right? Without all of this happening, we'll leave the house. I'll go home, let the dogs out, go straight to the gym. He'll meet me at the gym. We're at the gym for 
two-ish hours. We'll get home between 7.30, 8 o'clock, make dinner. And that's the first time really that the TV goes on. So I break my rules and we do eat, din- we do eat dinner with our TV. But um, it really, it takes work to be like, slow down, right? Mm-hmm. Slow down, take lots of chews or bites or, right? And <laughs> that so, is the hardest part, for sure. But if you notice when you're watching something, it's like you're just... You don't taste it. Well, it's not even just TV. It's it's email. Mm-hmm. You know, you see your computer, your phone. phone. Mm-hmm. It's any screen time. Yep. And I, I think that's one of the things, like, I'm pretty good. We're at dinner time. We don't do that. At dinner time, there's no TV. We don't even eat in the living room. We, we, we built our house the way we built it so that we could actually have family dinners away from technology. Um, what I do find, though, is breakfast time. Um, I, I habitually eat breakfast sometime between 11 and 12. And I know most people are like, well, that's lunch. Well, technically not for me so um, i guess it's technically brunch i eat brunch every day <laughs> i'm not wealthy i just eat my breakfast first late. breakfast second fa- breakfast fa- yeah fast a little bit i have first yeah. breakfast or i have breakfast <laughs> snack first lunch second lunch pre-workout snack dinner yeah oh, yeah that's normal <laughs> totally normal so but uh i have a really bad problem because it's the middle of the day so if i'm working from home which i am right now every single day I'm checking emails, writing emails, eating my food, and it's, it is so crazy because if you'll stop and actually think about a time that you sat down and had a meal in front of your computer working, you'll probably recall that you went to take another bite and it was gone, and mm-hmm. you didn't even realize you had eaten all of your lunch, mm-hmm. unless it was just horrible and you were having to force yourself to eat it. Well, and the same thing, like if you think about last time maybe you went to go see a movie in theaters, and if you got like a bucket of popcorn, and then all of a sudden you go to reach for that last kernel, and it, your hand hits the bottom of the bucket, and it's like, well, is there a hole? Like what happened? No, you ate that whole bucket of popcorn, you don't remember. Where did it all go? That's crazy. crazy. So are you not eating breakfast till 11 or 12 because you're doing intermittent fasting, or is that just... Yeah, so I'm, and I do. Um, I'm I'm when when I'm a, I'm in a cut right now. So um, a pretty a pretty rigid cut. The first cut I've been on in I think I texted you earlier. What mm-hmm. three years is what it's I said? Been a while. It's been a long time. I've, I've lived my life in maintenance, which is such a good place to be. It's just a good healthy place to be. Um, I suggest people stay in maintenance the majority of the time. I think people stay in a cut far too long. But we'll get into that too. Um, <clears throat> but. It's easier for me to not overeat by fasting. I don't necessarily believe in the holistic. I used to until I tested it. And I no longer believe that there are holistic uh, virtues to fasting. I mean, as far as a spiritual fast, that's a different story. But if you're fasting for performance, I don't think that you're going to cut more fat. I don't think that you're going to perform better. Um, honestly, for me, it just prevents me from going over my caloric intake. Whenever I'm in a bulk, I can't fast. I have to eat around the clock because I can't get 4,200 4, to 4,400 calories in in a day in an eight-hour window. So I have a hey, before before you go on to the next question, sure. I have one more. So sure. we so we always kind of have a roadmap, and we are like we've taken that roadmap, balled it up, set it on fire, and threw it out the window pretty much. Uh, but this is good stuff. So. Uh, my next question might be the most controversial question, and it wasn't included in there, but I don't think it'll 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 throw you off. But your people who think they're doing it right, mm-hmm. how are some of those people doing it wrong? And what I mean by that is, do you think people in the fitness realm, from what you've seen since you've been a part of the, of the fitness world, are under eating? Yes. And so yes, t- what I what so what I want this 
question to do is to educate people on what the negative impacts are of under eating or staying in a cut too long. Um, and and in, in my in my experience, it's fear. Everyone's mm-hmm. either I've come from a place of, you know, it took me so long to get this weight off, or I was morbidly obese. And what are tell us a little bit about that and some of the negative effects of that? Yeah, and so. My personal background on this is, so I mentioned before that my interest with food started because I essentially had an eating disorder and that really is what brought me into CrossFit is I lost a ton of weight. I lost around 30, 35 pounds in a really unhealthy way, essentially by eliminating food altogether. Um, And when I essentially had like a come to Jesus moment with my family where they're like, you either need to stop this or you're going to have professional help. I turned to exercise and CrossFit because a lot of the pictures and videos I saw of the women in CrossFit were really, you know, had, jacked. Well, it was no, I beautiful and they were beautiful, and I was mostly looking right? at Christmas Abbott, and she's very thin, and she had a, like a desirable like figure that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll exercise and I'll look like this. Well, the more I got into it, the more my focus shifted from how much do I weigh to how much weight can I move? Mm-hmm. Um, can I lift my body weight in all of my lifts? That be- became a goal. I was like, I want to be able to move my body weight in every single one of the lifts that I do. And as I got met those goals and passed those goals, I wanted to be able to do body weight and a half, two times body weight. What's the most weight I can do? 400 pounds. Right, exactly. <laughs> so my goals have shifted from the way that I look and how much I weigh to what can my body do? Mm-hmm. What is my body capable of? Right, I've been doing CrossFit for six-ish years and never in my lifetime did I think I'd be able to back squat 300 pounds or clean 220 pounds or do a muscle up, right? All of those things were just things that I were never even on my radar until I got involved in this. And so when it comes to the food aspect of it, a lot of it is fear, right? It's, I don't want to eat too many carbs because I don't want to gain weight. I want to be able to, you know, lose weight doing this. Well, if you are a casual exerciser, right? You go to a CrossFit class an hour um, a, a day. So you're essentially accumulating five to six hours a week. Great, right? CrossFit is great to help people who are wanting to lose weight. But if you are someone who is wanting to compete and you're putting in two to three hours a day, five to six days a week, because everyone should be taking an active rest day. No one should be yes. a seven-day-a-week exerciser. Or two rest days, <laughs> just saying. Absolutely. So if you're accumulating that much time, the, the thought needs to shift from, I need to fuel my body to perform, right? You are not going to deny your car premium gas because you want you don't want it to move a certain way or you don't want it to not go as fast that's right that's that's such a good analogy, analogy man so it's the same thing for your body right you're not going to deny your body of those great fuel sources because that's what carbohydrates are they are a fuel mm-hmm. um for your muscles right not protein is not the only thing that helps muscles grow you need carbohydrates to help your muscles grow you also need carbohydrates to, one, to, 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 one. <laughs> to 
um, recover. You need it to be the gas to go. So carbs do a lot of things. So there's this fear generated around carbohydrates because of stuff like keto and Atkins and all of that stuff. And so not to say that all carbs are equal, right? You have your refined sugars, you have your complex, and that's, you know, a whole other topic of conversation. But the timing and the types of things that you eat are important, but you cannot deny yourself of those things out of fear. And so the vast majority of people that I've worked with doing sports nutrition are under eating. Some of it is, oh, I, I had no idea my body needed that that much. Just from not tracking. Right. Well, and I have an indirect calorimeter, um, which is yeah, something. So <laughs> almost passed out using it. <laughs> so grief. it's this really nifty little tool. It measures um, oxygen intake and um, CO2 output. And so it uses that. Um, after you breathe in it, it kind of looks like you're scuba diving. Um, it's, it is, feels like you're scuba diving. It's too. pretty uncomfortable. Um, but it gives a lot of good information and the information that it gives me is what's called your BMR. So your, um, basal metabolic rate, mm -hmm. or essentially the amount of calories that you need if you are inactive at all, just to live and maintain. And so the more muscle mass you have, cause muscles require a ton of fuel, the, the higher your muscle mass and the lower your body weight percentage, the more calories that you're going to need. And a lot of the athletes that I work with are very muscular men and women and I showed them their their resting metabolic rate and they're like oh my god that's without exercise <laughs> I'm like yes you need and then so then you take like that meta <laughs> <laughs> you take that metabolic rate and you multiply it by you know whatever number that depends on um, exercise and um, your activity your level, activity level and all of that and there's a couple of other things that go into determining that factor and you end up getting you know way more calories and it's right. like I never even thought about that. Mm -hmm. So what might someone feel if they're not, or how would someone feel if they're not eating enough? Yeah. What so, are some of the things they're going to see happen? Yeah. So with that chronic fatigue, um, and this is if you're not eating enough calories in general, and this is if you're not getting the right amounts of your, your protein, carbohydrates, and fat. So if you're eating too much fat, not enough carbohydrates, not enough food altogether, um, you're going to start to experience these things of chronic fatigue. So that is going to be feeling really tired, right? No matter what you do, you just feel tired all the time. You're like, I need to take three naps in a day just to make it through. Um, you are going to see a decline in your performance, um, or maybe you're going to see a plateau in your performance where it's like, you know, I've really been focusing on my back squat and yet I feel like I've just stayed at this weight and it won't seem to go up no matter what I do. I can't go faster on my run. I feel like I have cinder blocks tied to my feet. For women, they're going to have um, imbalances in their hormones and they're going to have issues with menstruation. Um, you're going to have really terrible sleep, toss and turn all night. So there's just a lot of things that your body will do to tell you like, Something is not right. <laughs> Please fix this. So those are definitely some things to look out for if um, if you're listening and you're like, check, 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 That's check, <laughs> right? Yeah, Maybe um, take a look at what kinds of things you're eating and how much you're eating and reach out to somebody that can help. I think that's all extremely interesting and really good information. I kind of want to back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, We've been talking so much about CrossFit fitness and how your nutrition has helped you so far. I want to back up to like, where did your fitness journey begin? I mean, you said you started CrossFit six years ago after having an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. um, how did how did ultimately how did you find CrossFit? Was it rolling through Instagram and seeing you know the Instagram model or the CrossFit? models or was it you walked into a gym one day what happened how did this all so just like 
every other part of my life, my CrossFit journey was not a linear one. I didn't walk into a CrossFit gym and stick with it for six years. I actually went to a gym with um, a friend of mine probably 10 years ago and they were doing Cindy and it was that Cindy was my first CrossFit workout. <laughs> I couldn't wash my hair for two days. Oh. I couldn't lift my arms up over my She's head. Evil. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after that, it was like, this is fun, but I'm really lazy and I don't feel like putting in that work. So I walked away, admired people being really badass with their fitness from afar. And then after I went through all of that stuff personally, and I, realized that I had to find something else to do to manage my weight at that point. Um, my godfather actually did CrossFit. And so I reached out to him and was like, Hey, I want to work out with you. Um, and that's where I stuck with CrossFit from there. So I went from working out at like a Globo gym to going into a CrossFit gym and staying there for the next six okay. and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Now you're just like freaking awesome. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, I've, I've worked out with you freaking CrossFitter. I've worked out with her enough times to know that she's actually really good at CrossFit. So at what point in these last, you know, whatever, 10, six years did you realize, Hey, I'm, I'm really good at this and I'm going to kind of pursue this as, you know, a little bit more than just going, you know, three or four days a week. So I really feel like I became a decent CrossFitter three-ish years ago. Um, and some of that just came from focusing more on my lifts um, because that for me has always been the fun part, right? So mm -hmm. with my horseback riding background, I have strong legs. I have been able to kind of squat and deadlift more than what I was able to. But so being able to master some of those more difficult lifts, like the cleans and the snatches, that for me was like, yeah, I want to master that. Um, and I by no means have mastered them at all. I just feel like those are my stronger points. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, still, honestly, I feel like my gymnastics and my conditioning need a lot of help. But so I definitely have a ways to go there. But yeah, but that's because of the way you're built. Yeah. I mean, you're built for power. But <clears throat> also, so. you, you can you have an engine, though, and you can keep going. Yeah. I feel like the first time I ever worked out with you, it was on a Saturday morning. And I didn't, I didn't know you at all. Never seen you before. And he was intimidated though. I was kind of, <laughs> not really. I, bit. I got there late and we had to have, it was teams of three, a three, three man workout. And all the dudes had been, you know, teamed up. So I had to team up with Brown Kara out. and your wife, Kayla. He walked in, he's like, dude, so, who's that chick in the I'm back like, just smashing weights? I'm like, so are we doing the chick weight or the guy weight? And we kind of mixed it. I think we did the guy weight for the cleans. We're not sexist, by snatches. the way. So that sounded really sexist, but we're not at all. We are all about I was like, women. I was like, please. We've had more women I was on like, our podcast than men. It's Saturday morning. Please let us do the chick weight, right? So, the no, women's, the women's the thing arts. Is, I think it was like cleans or snatches. I know that pull-ups was part of it. And I just remember Kara just jumping on that bar. I was like, oh, she's going to hop off. And she's not, she's not, she, at that time, she wasn't doing butterflies. She was just kipping. And I was like, I'm oh, still she, not doing butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't but let them fool was, you. They're, they're coming now. I was like, she's coming down. No, she's not. All right. I was like, you just finish them all. You got this. Like, she just kept going and going and going. So she definitely has an engine. It might not be the fastest, but she'll keep going. So in other words, David didn't get a workout. That <laughs> <laughs> I just sat back and watched. This is awesome. <laughs> I am super competitive. 
in pretty much every aspect of my life. Like, uh-huh. Matt has two young kids, and I do not let them win at games, <laughs> like board games and stuff. <laughs> this I am, is not a lie. I am at all ultra or an exaggeration. Mm-mm. So, oh, was it like the Christmas party that we were playing uh, cornhole over here, and mm-hmm. Kara lost, and she went and talked to me the rest of the night. She got really mad. <laughs> no, she's like, I'm throw a me on Bud Light. Gonna... <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> she just went and like, crushed a, a 200 pound thing. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so even uh, like I, I'm constantly like looking at other people, and I like to feel like I can work hard enough um, to push myself to because I don't like coming in last place. I really enjoy winning, so mm-hmm. I think that some of that probably comes just from how competitive I am. Well, it's like Ricky Bobby's dad said: some if you're not first or last, second and third, fourth, <laughs> heck, or fifth. <laughs> So tell us a little bit more about, you know, your goals for the next six to 12 months. You started an Instagram handle. Um, Talk a little bit about that Mm -hmm. and how you're trying to kind of grow your sports nutrition business and your personal goals also for CrossFit. Yeah. um, So in the next six to 12 months, I would really like to go back to school to get my uh, master's degree in sports nutrition. Um, there's an online program available and it's something that I've really been considering. Um, and before the end of the year, I definitely see myself taking that jump to go back to school, um, to pursue that master's. And this is beyond 12 months. So this is going beyond your question. I apologize, no, that's fine. but I would really like to be able to work with high school or college athletes from a sports side, doing more like one-on-one nutrition, um, or even talking with different teams and really helping those kids. I say kids cause I'm 30. So I feel like I'm old and mature now, but <laughs> <Definitely>. she literally <laughs> just turned 30. Like, weeks ago, so. She's now adulting. Officially. <laughs> so because the pediatric population I work with now, right. And you know, it's not like you grow into a knowledge of food, right? A lot of adults, and we've had this conversation, right. Still struggle with food knowledge mm-hmm. and you don't know what you don't know. And right. so knowing just how important, um, creating good habits are at such a young age, these kids that want to go on and want to play from high school to college or from college to beyond and really helping them know that food is not an enemy. Food is your fuel. You need it to perform at your best mm-hmm. and helping these kids and teams really grow to succeed using food as the the fuel behind that um, would really be something that I would love to do um, professionally. Um, and as far as my personal goals, well, we were invited to do um, Mid-Atlantic Classic in April, but sadly that got canceled and it was just devastating because it's been a personal goal of mine for a year at least, probably closer to two years, to qualify and go to a, a, an event like that. So I competed at um, local comps Fittest of the Upstate last year and that was fantastic. And I really want to be able to go compete on sort of like a grander stage Mm-hmm. With no means of like expectations of qualifying for anything greater, just getting Whatever, to that Whatever, <laughs> would she be wants to go really to good. <laughs> I mean, not saying that I'm competitive, but I do want to go to one of the. So most by the time I'm 34 and at masters yeah. level, I'm in. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's Waza. I, well, theory. yes, yeah, and so I've been talking to somebody about doing a team, build, starting to work on a team now to qualify for next year. That'd she wasn't talking to me. Just FYI. I'll be a fanboy. I'll be, I'll be the oil guy. Exactly. <laughs> we, we covered that with. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did kind of, we did. Oil guy. Oh, yeah. Cheeseburgers and oil. Man. Right. Yeah. Oh, cheeseburgers that's and really oil. Cool. Well, that's great. Tell us a little bit. Um, you, 
in your bio, he says you, you did coach a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about that. Like, what kind of coach were you? Are you going to get back into CrossFit coaching along with the nutrition coaching? I would love to get back into CrossFit coaching. Um, so that's something that, you know, I've toyed with right in terms of what my professional life is going to look like. Um, if I could coach CrossFit and work out and coach nutrition, that would be you know, probably my ideal position. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you would crush it. You would be the best. You would. I love coaching. I really do. And for me, you know, coaching CrossFit and coaching nutrition, they really do go hand in hand. I love seeing people succeed. And I love people. I love seeing people have those same moments that, you know, every athlete sees where you hit a PR or you get your first pull up or you do things that you never expected that you would do, right? I talked about that earlier about, you know, seeing myself do these things. I love seeing those moments in other people that I'm working with and, Mm -hmm. you know, meeting and achieving and smashing all of their fitness goals. That's my favorite part about coaching and the process and being there and being supportive. Um, So I would, I do miss coaching CrossFit. (laughs) Gotta get back into it. Seriously. You do. Even if it's on an individual level. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's where – I think that is the next step, especially with everything going on outside of the gym Mm -hmm. with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think one-on-one sessions are going to go through the roof. Because I think the group setting is – it's going to get really tough. It is. Then there's going to be more stringent mandates around Mm -hmm. group classes and group exercise. And I think that the benefit from having like a one-on-one coach is the way that I coach is I look at movement patterns because for me, foundation is everything. So when I watch somebody squat, I watch them from the feet up because a lot of your faults will start at your feet, whether you have a collapsed ankle or your arch falls or anything like that. And so I... I'm a very detailed person, in case you couldn't tell already. (laughs) Add that to the list. (laughs) So I look at things at like a smaller scale and try to fix that and, you know, give cues along along those ways. So, um, I mean, that's the kind of coach I am is looking at movement patterns, but also pushing people to do more than what they're capable of. Sure. I think that's I think that describes exactly who a coach should be. And if that's not the way you view um, I, I'll even say leadership because I think it goes beyond coaching inside of a gym. I think because leadership is something that's a huge passion of mine. But if that's not the way you view leading people, then you need to get you need to do something different, right? You need to go sit in a cubicle by yourself and make spreadsheets, okay? <laughs> because you shouldn't lead people, you shouldn't coach people if that's not your passion. So all right, I'm stepping up my soapbox. So <laughs> two part question because uh, I love talking about successes because in my opinion we don't we don't. We don't learn from our successes, we learn from our defeats, but we really build our confidence through our successes. Mm-hmm. So tell us one, what's your great, greatest success um, as a CrossFit athlete, and you may have already mentioned it, but may not. Um, and two, what's your, your greatest success as a registered dietitian? So one of my like proudest moments thus far has been qualifying for Mid-Atlantic, and that goes with like one of my like greatest sadnesses is not being able to see that come to fruition and see what would happen there. So, you know, knowing that I qualified is great. Hopefully that gives me the 
confidence to know that I can qualify for something again. So that would be something that I would really love to do. But qualifying for any invitational thing, right? So being able to compete at Fittest was really fantastic. Um, podium, being on the podium, finishing first at a handful of events, those have been goals that I've been able to meet. So that's been really nice. So those have been some really great successes for me as an athlete. Um, and then as far as successes for being a dietitian, um, so some, I guess, in my official professional job, right, I've worked with a handful of kids who have really gotten it. And that's like the, oh, yes, like that's, those are the moments where that's it's like, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, they're, they come in, they have success, families are able to, you know, give positive affirmations about stuff that they've done. And it's like, oh, I, I just, I want to hug you. I can't because it's weird and it's a professional <laughs> setting, but I just, I just feel so much joy for you and sort of being able to be like, air hug, right? C- like congratulations, right. right? You have the confidence, you have the knowledge, right? You, you've gotten it. And those are the moments where it's like, yes, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for, you know, sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other. But when it hits, it hits hard and it's like, yes. You so, so is that the ultimate goal is is for for them to become independent yeah. for them to go operate independently yep. that's good mm-hmm. yeah and i think i think a lot of people have a misconception about coaches and that you know you're trying we're trying to dupe you into you know you're you're stuck for life Mm-mm. you know like for me as a coach the goal is always i don't want to have to review this every time you come in i would eventually like to just be able to come in give you a cue and you be good because, hey, we've really worked. We've built the foundation and nutrition as well. Is mm-hmm. My goal, and again, I'm not a registered dietitian, so I don't, I don't work with people who have the big issues. For me, it's just mostly lifestyle stuff. But my goal is let's, let's work for 90 days and then set you free. Mm-hmm. If you come back, if you have a different goal you need help with, then, hey, we get the weight off, I'll let you go. If you want to put some weight back on, you come back, we work on getting the weight on. We want you to be independent. Yeah. And so with my families, with the, the pediatric side, right, that's eventually, it's one of those things where it's like, yes, like you, your BMI, your body mass index, which is what we use with kids. It's not necessarily a great tool with adults, but it's best for kids mm-hmm. um, because you don't start to develop muscle until you've reached puberty and all of that. So it's a little bit different with kids. So we started to see that BMI tr- start to come down and, you know, there we look at their A1C, which is their average blood sugar. We look at their... Um, fat level in their blood we start to see all those numbers come down and it's like oh yes that's awesome. great those are really great things right so working with athletes um this is kind of been a learning process for me right lurking with athletes because i love people to know information because that's how i work right i'm very yeah. much like tell me how it works let's figure <laughs> it out right. so and for me it's been a learning process about not everybody likes that some people are just Tell me what to eat. Tell me when to eat it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, don't you want to know why? Don't you want to know why it <laughs> yeah. works like this? So for me, I'm like you, Justin. I like to be able to work with people, give them the education, and eventually have them be able to to do it on their own. And so mm-hmm. when I work with a, an athlete, I don't expect it to be, you know, we're going to be together, working together forever. I would love people to be able to, if they're interested in macros, get their macros, understand timing, understand content and types of food and be able to be like you know what i feel pretty confident some people love the accountability Mm -hmm. of having a coach where it's like i need you to go in and i use um chronometer 
some people will pronounce it differently, but that's how I pronounce it. So, and I love being, that's the. Kara doesn't mispronounce things either, <laughs> by the way. That's the, the food app that I use with my nutrition clients because I can go in and I can see not only their macro, but their micronutrients. So their vitamins, their minerals. Mm-hmm. And some people just like the accountability where it's like, how did I do today, coach? Oh, you did a good job. But I noticed, you know, other days sure. this week, this is what you could tweak. Um, and so it's not always that education standpoint, but it's just being able to get to the point where it's like, I feel good about this. I just need that affirmation from you and the accountability, which is great. Some people are like, give me the knowledge. And I'm one of those people. Yeah. Those are the best people. I agree. What keeps you motivated um, just to keep going in the gym and professionally? Um, Well, my competitive nature doesn't hurt my motivation. Um, But a lot of my my motivation for the gym comes from wanting to see what I'm capable of, right? I was able to do, you know, five muscle-ups last month. How many muscle-ups can I do this week? I can clean 220 pounds. How many can I do for three? And so for me, it just is like being able to realize what what I can do. so for, for me, even with the successes that I had with horseback riding um, and as a student and all of that, I really don't feel like at any point in my life yet I've been able to reach my full potential. Mm-hmm. And so that really is a huge motivator for me is to see what am I actually capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where a lot of that comes from. Awesome. It's a machine. The body's a machine. <laughs> it is a machine. All right. Awesome. Uh are we ready for rapid fire questions? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, dropping a picture on our story on Instagram. <laughs> oh, so. Yeah, crazy. rapid fire. Are rapid you doing? Fire. My odds are evens. What do you want? I don't remember. What did we? It's been so long ago. <laughs> we need, we like need a podcast more often. <laughs> our it's, more it's, content. It's Corona's fault. It's <laughs> the Rona. It's that Rona. The Rona got us. Hold on. Let me get. Let me. Let me get back to our. I should know these by heart now. But I got I them right so. here. I'll do the first one. All right. You go odds. I'll go evens. That sounds good. Kara, what is your favorite CrossFit workout? DT. She crushes it too. And oh, so the weird thing about Kara. Wait. I'm probably gonna st- no, this is probably not weird for you, but so Kara is the only person who can do so you know what an alternated grip, hopefully you do if you work out. So an alternated grip on your deadlifts where you have mm-hmm. your hands alternated. So mm-hmm. not overhand grip, run hand grip, but one each. Kara can do cleans that way, and it's the weirdest looking thing you'll ever see in your life. But she crushes it. I can't do it. We'll have to post that on our Instagram so so people know what this looks like. Yeah, we'll get a video. I'm sure everybody wants to see this now. Yeah, it's bizarre. So Kara, if you do have a video of it, by all means, send it to me, and I'm gonna post it. I'm gonna shout you out to the entire world. It's like what is it, Sarah Sigmund's daughter? Whenever I love DT, oh yeah, <laughs> double TD, even better. Well, and again, if you saw Carrie, you'd be like, oh yeah, she loves DT. Absolutely. It makes sense. So DT. So my question, oh well, I mean, I think I know what this one is, but favorite CrossFit movement? That is hard. Oh god. Anything with a barbell, I'm assuming. Yes, it is obviously a barbell movement. Let's go with power clean yeah yeah okay. yeah that's, a, that's what you, i was thinking i saw you ollieing those the other day was that like at 190 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah for three for three tell us about your ideal rest day if you could do anything on a rest day you didn't have to work or anything like that um i love going on hikes 
I hate camping. Please don't ever ask me to sleep outdoors. Bugs freak She's me She's an active out. diva. She's from Chicago. Oh, God. <laughs> but I love, like, getting out and exploring and doing all of that as long as I can go home and sleep in my own bed. Sure. There are times of the year where you can camp where you're not going to have bugs. Hard pass. Like, literally nope. two weeks Hard ago pass. was probably that time. Mm-mm. I'm good. We're going to go you, camping though. eventually. Dude, this is your question. We screwed up. This is your question. Go for it. I can't read yeah, this question not, this. And, and not, like, hear you saying this is it, so great. go for it. What song do you play when you're ready to rip out a five-minute AMRAP? Oh, it really depends on my mood, but recent. So I, I'll go back and forth between like really aggressive, offensive rap and like really hard yelling like rock music. But <laughs> if it's explicit. Just turn it on. But right I want to get angry. I've really been liking "Warrior Call" by Volbeat. Okay. Warrior Call by Volbeat. Volbeat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so spell that so our listeners can. Uh oh, she's gonna look, look it up. Oh, gosh, look it here up. we, we got go. This is, this is complicated now. Harrison, what is it? V U L V O L V O L B E T B E T, like the television show. B E A T. Is B E T even still a thing? B O L B. I don't know. I just asked somebody yesterday if MTV Danish. was still up. MTV's still up. It's yeah. still yeah, because we actually watched uh, yeah, a Drake video American. on MTV last they're night. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> the internet. <clears throat> All right, so question number five. Um, so th- I'm, I'm gonna go a little beyond the favorite yeah, email because fine. it's you know I, this is a question that i do have because i eat pop tarts and i'm not one that i don't judge people for how they eat i don't think that's healthy mm-hmm. um i don't think it's a good habit Mm-mm. uh but that being said what is your favorite cheat meal and what is your opinion on moderation so can you define cheat meal yeah so like um you have your everyday I'm training, so for you, what, two to maybe three hours a day, probably closer to two, Mm -hmm. I would imagine, Mm -hmm. five to six days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've trained all week, and you take take a a quote-unquote day off from maybe counting. What does that look like for you? Um, Um, Because, like, I've gone and eaten pizza with you, and your pizza is not bad. So, you're going to make fun of me, but... I straight I don't do any dairy ever and I don't do any wheat or gluten mm-hmm. or anything like that ever. So I won't do like ice cream or I won't do like cakes or cookies or cupcakes or anything like that just because those things are, are eliminated from my diet altogether. Now I will smash some dairy-free Jenny's cold brew ice cream, cold brew coffee ice cream. That is delicious. Shout out Jenny's if you're looking to sponsor <laughs> the podcast. Um, I make my own like banana-based ice cream at home. I saw that on, on Instagram. Built, on Built Not Bought Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So yep. follow her. She does recipes. Yep. So I'll do a, a lot of stuff like that. Like I did um, a banana bread microwave thing again today with too. some chocolate chips. Yep. yep. So that's the kind of stuff that I'll do. So, I mean, I have a sweet tooth, but I don't do um, a lot of the like store-bought stuff. I'll make a lot of stuff myself, except for Johnny's ice cream. That stuff is so good. basically your cheat meals are meals where you're not necessarily planning out your macronutrients. It's not that they're necessarily unhealthy. It's just not necessarily, um, I guess for you, it's not a cheat meal. It's more of a, um, gosh, what's the word? Not useless meal, but it's just it's just it's going to be sweeter than normal. I try to make them fit within my macros. Like I'll still log them. Um, it probably is not as well planned out. It's more of like an impulse meal. Um, but and it's probably it's going to be a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. What about smash mellows? Oh yes, I do love those. But I'll put those after I work out. So <laughs> so, so see, if you don't know what smash mellows are, one so you good. are missing out because they are amazing. They're expensive. 
Oh my gosh, they're expensive. But Target they're sells it. them. Yes. They're worth it. They've got a chocolate cold brew. Is it chocolate, chocolate cold covered brew? cold brew? That's oh, really good. Wow. Yes. So, they're, so good. they're marshmallows. And they have like strawberry cheesecake or something like that. It's I think. like strawberries and cream. They yeah. have a vanilla. They have a Cookies mint chocolate cream, chip. Maybe. They have a, yeah, they have a cookie dough one. That one's yeah. not as good. They are straight up gourmet marshmallows, y'all. They're so good. And but they're okay for you after a workout. Here's the thing Just is like they Pop-Tarts. come with me to every competition. So I will pop some marshmallows. I'll eat them after an event at a competition. (laughs) So when here's the thing is like at that competition, I eat them while I'm watching her workout because (laughs) I get anxiety watching people work out, which gets my heart rate up. So I'm burning cows. All right. We went way off track. Sorry. But moderation is good, people. Yeah. It's good. And if you deprive yourself of things that you love, I mean, it's not going to last forever. And then you're going to have... A, a meltdown breakdown moment where you're going to gorge yourself on whatever it is you've been depriving yourself of. So if you are a person that tracks macros and you just cannot live without chocolate chip cookies, program a chocolate chip cookie into your macro day. Yeah, I recommend putting it in the morning um, because that way you'll have sort of your entire day to use that fuel as opposed to waiting until night before you go to bed. So if it's like, I just, I need it, I can't give it up because I know if I do, I'll eat 15 later on in the week. Great, have one, maybe have it with your breakfast or mm-hmm. have it with a morning snack, but just plan for it. Or right after a workout. Or right after a workout. Mm-hmm. All right, go dude, sorry. Right, cool man, uh, yeah, if you, you could be any animal in the world, what would it be and why? I would love to be some kind of bird, but also a kind of bird that can like dive in the water, right? If there, I'm a bird, you're a bird. Because I want to be able to fly, but also like also go in the water. Holy. So, uh, <laughs> so if Carol was a flower, she'd be a Venus flytrap. Is that not perfect? For sure. <laughs> Is that not perfect? Like seriously, she's Everybody's delicate like, like a, a flower, flytrap. but she will bite this sh- out of. <laughs> All right, next question. So if you could be any piece of gym equipment, what would you be? A barbell. That was easy. Why, though? Why? Yeah. Um, Because they're sturdy, um, but it also takes a lot of technique to master. I was going to say I'm versatile. That was the dating game answer. Sorry, that was weird. (laughs) All right, so anyways, go ahead. Okay, last question. It's Sunday in Madison, Wisconsin, and you find yourself in the top three of the CrossFit Games. Which two athletes would you choose to go head-to-head with for the top podium spot? Um, I would say Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Duh. Just because she just seems like... She seems like, I mean, she's such a good competitor that she would just really push me, and she excels in some of the same areas that I would excel at, so I feel like that would be um, a good person to have pushing me, but she Mm -hmm. also is, like, super sweet, so I would love to be able to compete with her. And the other one would be... Oh, I don't even know. That's a good question. Matt Frazier? Tia? Claire? I I was thinking you said Tia. No, because she would kick my ass in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Sarah she's, Wooden? She's great with Sarah Wood, but Tia's good at all the things that I'm terrible I figured, at. I figured you would say Laura Horvath, because you guys kind of have yes. a similar build. Yeah. Laura? Yeah, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, she is awesome. I love her. It's mm-hmm. not a not a common household CrossFit name. Mm-mm. Not Christmas well, Abbott? Did she, she just like beat the... the crap out of her? No. Funny story, when I first started CrossFit, I thought like Christmas Abbott was like legit CrossFitter. 
Like I went, we went to the games in, in 2014, and I got my picture taken with her. And I remember looking, I was like, "Why are you so much smaller than everybody else?" <laughs> and that's when I realized that she was not a competitive CrossFitter. So, fun fact about Madison, Wisconsin: one, I started out going to University of Wisconsin Madison. I was there for a year and a half. But two, Uh-oh, party school, Madison. <laughs> in all of my years riding horses, uh, I used to compete at the Alliant Energy Center with my horses. Oh, cool! So I competed in the Alliant Energy Center long before the games were there. But at least I've con- I can say that I've competed you've in that competed arena. There. Yeah, that's yeah. freaking sweet. That's sweet. So you've practically been in the CrossFit game, pretty much. Whatever. <laughs> all right, so Kara, where can people really follow you? I think we mentioned it once or twice, but give us your handle again. Yeah. So my personal handle is uh, Kara. Celeste, Celeste is my middle name. And then my nutrition business account is Built Not Bought Nutrition. Um, and There's some underscores in there, right? Built Not Bought. Pretty sure so. there is. It's all Pretty good, sure. y'all. I'm going to tag her on our um, Instagram. So right. I am check terrible. It out. I'm, yes, Built underscore not underscore bought underscore nutrition. I'm Perfect. really bad at promoting myself. I should know my own Instagram handle, right? For. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, we're going to shut you out. Love it. Well, this has been an extremely interesting conversation. I think we dove into uh, some topics that people needed to hear and wanted to hear. So, yeah, for sure. So, thank you so much for having, uh, or for having us on today, for having <laughs> yourself on, it, for for hanging out with us today, Thanks dropping some knowledge bombs. So, um, also shout out to CrossFit Greer. Thanks so much again for for allowing us to um, legally record here we're all six ish feet away from each other mm-hmm. so but uh no on a serious note thank you so much for all your support um this is such a great spot to record so yeah um, and the same thing goes as the other episodes um if you're interested in trying out crossfit and you're in the greer area and crossfit Greer would be a great fit for you just mention the apogee podcast to jenna reagan and they will give you 10 percent off your first month's membership that's good you heard it right here on the apogee podcast mm-hmm.